0: The dead Dave. What Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead Dave. What Todd Hunter? What Selby? Not Chen. He's dead Dave. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead Dave. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Everybody's Dead Dave, the Red Dwarf review podcast. Featuring myself, Adam Martin, and as always, my co-host,
1: Philip Hawkins. Hello, hello, hello.
0: Hello, that's him and that's me. And we are going through our Red Dwarf journey together. We're on Series 8. We've uh, hit Episode 4 of Series 8, so the halfway mark. Today we'll be talking about Cassandra, which originally came out in 1999, which feels like a lifetime ago. It seems
1: (laughs) weird that we're halfway through the series but this is only the second story because the first three episodes yes. were one story. It's very strange.
0: It feels odd, doesn't it? And just because just I've got the number in front of me, Phil. Um, so in terms of transmitted Red Dwarf episodes, currently, as of recording this with The Promised Land, there's 74. Cassandra is episode 48. So mm. we're well over half, halfway now. We're getting there. We're getting there. So... Cassandra. Uh, The synopsis is as follows. The gang have been sentenced to two years in the tank on the secretive floor 13. Lister signs them up for the Canaries, thinking it is the prison choir and is enticed by the list of privileges. Little does he know the true nature of the group. Dun, dun, dun. So, um, we pretty much pick up where we left off, uh, didn't we, after Back in the Red. So, this series Mm. is really already feeling like a proper continuous narrative. I guess Series 7 had that a little bit you know, of like trying to get Kachansky back to where like she was from when she came on and all that. Yeah,
1: but... and series six had it a little bit with the search for a war. Yeah, as well. but
0: I get in comparison, I don't know if you feel like this, the series six and seven ones feel more like underlying things. Yes. Whereas this is feels very like this is this is the story, like this is the yeah. interweaving, I guess, if you like. Um But the the first scene we get is um another Lister Rima scene, or it's just Lister and First in his cell. In the tank, and he has a little little scene with Holly. What did you think of this
1: opener film? I liked it. It was good to see Holly getting something to do as well, and it was kind of like reminiscent of those series one and series two scenes that would you know have Holly talking, interacting with one of them in in the bunk room. So that was nice. Um, I thought Holly uh, Norman Lovett was as funny as he usually is, which is uh, very funny. And uh, yeah, I liked the. The joke about the dog and mm-hmm. the references to National Enquirer and stuff like that. That was, yeah, it was all good.
0: Yeah, I thought the dog years joke was good. Like how he, you know, how he broke it down so I can get your sentence down from two two years to 14 weeks. I like that. That was a good joke. I've got to say, though, I thought the sectomy was a bit, it was a bit of a groaner <laughs> for me, Phil. I'm not going to lie. I was a bit like, oh, okay.
1: I see. I thought that was a sort of dig at things like National Enquirer. It's the mm. kind of things that they would put in there. So I yeah. it, I took it as a dig at that.
0: Well there you go that that's the two that's the that's what we do on this show isn't it? We've got those two different perspectives but yeah I think after that I, just, I was like okay I'm done with this joke now. But that's just me. I'm sure a lot of you out there loved it as well. But after he's disappointed by that Rimmer comes in for a moan as he as he often does. Um so what did you think then when Rimmer comes into the mix then? We get another Lister Rimmer scene I guess
1: yeah uh yeah it was it was it was a good scene I liked it um cause as you alluded to in the synopsis, Dave says that he signed them up to the canaries, and uh Rimmer knows what the canaries are yes. and he's like oh listy is that is that oh listy 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 y- yes That's, yeah, yeah. it's a classic it's you know it, i'm he used that a lot in the olden series as well because uh, he thinks that Lister has just signed himself up for it, and hmm. he knows what it is. He knows it's the basically the the as he explains, you know, they used to use canaries in mines to send in first to see if they died, yes, uh, yeah, because of the gases. So he knows that they've been basically just signed up. That Lister has signed himself up to suicide missions, basically.
0: Pretty much. Um, there were there were some things I liked in this scene between the two of them, and some things I wasn't as keen on. One thing I did like was the. Um, I think there's there's a gag, I can't remember the exact word in, Rimmer's talking about like the prison toilets, basically. And, and mm. Lister's like, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna wait, look around or whatever. Just that whole gag about, because it's the old thing about, you know, men's prison toilets, isn't it? The old stereotypical joke. I just thought the way it was delivered was pretty amusing. Although one thing I wasn't as much of a fan of, um, I don't know if you noticed when uh, Rimmer's explaining the Canaries acronym that he's come up with, uh no. I Oh, there's some rather outdated uh, terminology in there.
1: I must have uh, missed that.
0: Well well c- it was y- the... you may not
1: want to repeat it, but basically
0: the R of canaries, I think you can think of an outdated word a derogatory term to describe someone. Right. Oh the God. R word yes. in question. Yeah. Yes. I uh,
1: yeah, I can think where you're going with that. I must yeah, have missed he,
0: that. He's basically... The, the terminology when he when he says it out, he's basically saying the canaries are for people who are stupid, in the sense that like he explains, like, they're basically signing up to die. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I heard it and I was like, it, it was 1999. Diff- it's that thing we say often, isn't it? Different time, different what was acceptable and stuff. But don't think, we'd, don't think we'd quite hear that now. But I don't know. And maybe it's just, like, from a 2022 sensibility. I just thought out of all the things you could have had for the acronym, like, you could have thought of something else. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah, just that, that's but hey, if that, you say enough. that you just missed that one. Then that's I missed it. I must plot, have been yeah? distracted
1: while he was saying that. That's, I just, that's fair it, enough. Completely didn't went over my head, and I didn't didn't hear it. But mm. I, I did like when um, when it dawns on him, and he's like, uh, "Well, when Liss has realized what he signed himself up for, and the others because mm. he goes, it gets worse. Yes. I've signed you up as well."
0: <laughs> I thought the reveal on that was great. Like, yeah, the way he just revealed and Chris Barry's reaction—it was just oh,
1: so perfect. And not only has he signed Rimmer up, he signed the he whole he signed the up whole up. gang ha! up. <laughs> Kaczynski, they're all in it together because so. <laughs> they because th- he would you know thought he was going to get some nice perks. I don't think we ever find out what the perks were. No, he
0: didn't really. No, he didn't really say, did he? He just said, oh, I saw the call-up thing and we get loads of... put. Maybe it'll be explained later in the season. Who knows? Who knows? Um, But then it's time for the brief... The Canaries get their brief on what they've all been asked to do. And uh, just one thing right off the bat, though, I want to say is that the... I don't know if you noticed this as well. The incidental music in this scene and throughout this episode, actually, I thought were great. I know, like, up till now... Red Dwarf has not really done incidental music that often in, like, the first seven. They did it a bit more in series six and seven, but this episode, to my ears anyway, there was, like, a lot of music going on there, but it all it all sounded great. It fit whatever scene it was. Like, this scene, it's the, you know, they're getting briefed on. They're basically going to this shit, as Rimmer assumes, to their death, and you've got these, like, drum beats in the background, like, this military sound. I think it sounds great. I don't know if you... Uh, picked up on the music yeah as well. i was
1: about to say that like i've said before i don't necessarily my brain just doesn't go to noticing incidental music much but when you mentioned the drums that triggered like i remember that now so yeah. i do remember that scene thinking about the drums and then obviously i forgot about it afterwards yeah, yeah that that scene in particular i definitely picked up on the incidental music really good really created that ominous tone that yeah uh, with the imposing guards surrounding yes. them looking down on them
0: and that that tank that that part of the tank like that sets great i think like the yeah. actual set and the way it's lit much better than that i know it's not full-on but you know that the cgi pan before we go in the cell and oh all yes, that jazz. M- much tower, yeah much better looking than that i know they couldn't build a big watchtower for for real but you know just if, shows you want, you if,
1: if you want to imagine if you what it is and you, you can't remember because it's been a while since you've seen the episode or whatever mm. Uh, and you want another reference? Well, it's it, you know it's that old watchtower in the middle style of prison, but it's also been used relatively recently in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yes,
0: now that you mention it, yes, yeah, that's a perfect comparison. That's actually a really accurate comparison when you <laughs> think about the design of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you enjoy this briefing scene? Then, because speaking of music, we get a we get a little sing song from the gang. yes.
1: Because they try and uh, pass uh, like, oh no, we joined the wrong thing. Sorry, we thought this was a singing thing, which you know, Lister genuinely did. They so, genuinely thought. That, so they yeah. thought if we burst into song and they're like, oh no, we're in the wrong place, we'll we'll get going. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. You, you are, are the sunshine. sunshine. <laughs> Ooh, that's <laughs> why I'll always be. Um, but it does, of course, it doesn't work. But uh, yeah, it was it was um, a valiant effort by them. <laughs> Good attempt. Um, Good attempt. In that whole scene, I liked the uh, kill crazy. He's uh, yes, seems a bit crazy. crazy. Who is, of course, played by the guy that plays Max Branning in EastEnders. Um, I
0: thought I recognised his face. I was like, I well, there's a few of those. i will mention them later. But I was like, I know your face. But do you know, actually, before I realised it was um, Max Branning, I've got to say, and I don't know where this came from. It, I thought it was Chris Evans, the radio DJ. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe it was the ginger hair or like the big eyes, but you know, you know, like maybe not so much now. You know, like when, what was that show Chris Evans hosted in the 90s on Channel he 4? He like a that, lot of them.
1: Um, oh, T- TGI Friday.
0: Was it? T- yeah TF- yeah
1: tfi friday
0: tfi friday that, yeah yeah that like tgi in, walk, fridays is a restaurant TGI, that's a restaurant <laughs> <laughs> He maybe he worked there who knows but when when he ho- like when he hosted back in the 90s early 2000s like whenever he was like hyping something up he'd always have like you know the big eyes and stuff like that yeah so when he's doing that when kill Cray, i was like oh my god it's they've got chris emmons for a cameo but alas it, it's max brannan so but yeah neat neat little yeah, we all start somewhere, right? We all from that to a long running career on EastEnders. Yeah, God, th- very right different now.
1: characters. Very <laughs> different characters. Yeah. He's a complete, like, absolutely stir crazy, like I want to kill everything type. I person love it though. This. I love that great. whole energy.
0: Yeah. It was great. It was so. It's one of those things, like I guess actors say, like it's so over the top that if he hadn't have committed to that as much, because it's almost pantomime, but for the for the t- for what's written and. What's happening? It works really well. Yeah, yeah, really love that stuff. So they go aboard the, um, they go aboard this ship that they've been tasked to go on, and Kill Crazy immediately knocks himself out in <laughs> all his excitement, which was a bit of slapstick, but I loved it. You know what I mean? It's that classic, classic slapstick always works. Um, and the, you know they're moving around, and eventually uh, they go to the mainframe where we meet the title character, Cassandra. Played yes. by Zoe Wanamaker. Uh, oh wait, no, that's the wrong show, isn't it? they co- Zoe Wanamaker did play Cassandra in Doctor Who.
1: Yes, a different um, Cassandra. Uh, but I swear, I I I went through the whole of this episode, and you, I would have sworn on my life that that was Zoe. Wanamaker. I did as well.
0: The minute it was, it was when she spoke. Like the minute she spoke, and then we're like looking past all the makeup and the effects in my head, I was like, "Yeah, that kind of looks like Zoe Wanamaker as well." So, um, but alas, it is not Zoe Wanamaker. It is
1: not. It is in fact um, Geraldine McEwan.
0: Geraldine McEwan, and good job, Geraldine. Very good job. But sorry, we both mistook you for for someone and,
1: uh, else. We're not the only ones. I've I after this, I because uh, I googled it. Is Zoe Wanamaker even in Doctor uh Doctor Who? Yes, she is in Doctor, Who. in Red Dwarf. And there were, I came up with other people tweeting, I could have sworn Zoe <laughs> Wanamaker was in this. But um <laughs> And the fact
0: both characters are cool, caucus you know, it's almost like it was meant to be. Like yeah. we want it to be true.
1: But so let but us yes. know in the comments when you first watched this. Did you think it was Zoe Wanamaker? Or have you watched it not even the first time? Have you, like me? This is the first time in, and I've seen this episode many times before, in like, what, 1999. How long ago was that? That was oh, 20, 23 20... years ago. Yes. And 23, I spent 23 years assuming that was Zoe Wanamaker. <laughs> and only now, literally about half an hour before this podcast, we started recording, when I IMDb, went on IMDb, did I find out that it was not Zoe Wanamaker?
0: <laughs> the truth is revealed, oh Poor Geraldine. She's probably had that for years, but people been like, oh, did you see Zoe Wanamaker in Red Dwarf? And she's like... I now team. kind
1: of want to look up her other roles and see if she look just generally looks like Zoe Wanamaker yeah, in other roles yeah. too. Or like it, if they've just got very similar faces, or if it was more to do with the makeup that made her yeah.
0: look like it. I thought the look of Cassandra was quite interesting, though. It was sort of like a weird mix of... Obviously, they've put makeup on her, but then blending it with like... Special effects and a bit of green screen. I thought it was yeah, it looked it like look quite cool, but Cassandra's main game is that she well, she says she can predict the future you know she's seen smatterings, she predicts what the gang are gonna say, and of course they say it. she outwits uh Lister when he tries to like g- get her on the wording thing, you know how can you tell the future anyway she catches him out on that. What did you think of this whole scene then because it does I'm not saying it in a bad way before anyone starts. it does go on for quite a while, you know this scene in the mainframe with Cassandra. Uh, Yeah, obviously, it's the first part is mainly setting up what she can do, and like, there's lots of gags and stuff before we get on with it. But and what did you think of this whole scene in general? I
1: I really like the concept of what they're doing with it. Um, and I like you know throwing a few gags there. But I did think that the predicting exactly what someone would say the second before they say it, it just didn't feel. It kind of felt a bit weird because like you wouldn't say that Hmm. after somebody had said it. Like it, it would make more sense if she'd predicted something that they would say five lines time yes. and then they said it yeah but then that you wouldn't get the quick fire of the gag so i don't know it, it didn't quite work for me that that particular gag of having her say yeah. what the character was going to say and then them immediately saying it that bit didn't work but the concept itself i quite hmm. liked
0: was it almost did you enjoy it because i did there was a, a line i can't remember exactly what it was but Crichton says something later. And before he finishes it, Cassandra says like the last word of what he was going to say, and he's like, "Yeah, yes, exactly." Like you know, he yes, she's she's caught what he's going to say, but he doesn't then feel the need to repeat it. He's like, "Oh, yes, right, okay, you got me."
1: And equally, along a similar vein, when uh, Rimmer is going to ask a question, she says, "I know what you're going to ask," and he never like then asks it. He yes, she just answers it. So mm. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. So we like the concept, but maybe not everything. Maybe necessarily worked in in concept for the pair of us. Yeah. Um, but then you know they're back. They're they're sort of down on their luck because they have been. Well, Rimmer's been told, of course, that he's going to die uh, by Cassandra. Yes. Uh, which <laughs> I is, like is the way amusing. they revealed that
1: as well. All the canaries will be dead within one hour, except for Rimmer. Yes. <laughs> Who will be dead in twenty minutes? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and as always, Chris Barry does those, like, reveal, all, you know, when his character reacts to it, he always does those so well. Yeah. So when Cassandra's
1: predicting stuff for the future, she also um, tells Dave when he's going to die, tells Lister when he's going to die, and he's going to die. Was it 181? 181 while trying to remove a bra with his teeth. Yes. But in Future Echoes, we saw yes. him die, and he was not removing anybody's bra with his teeth not, at the time. Unless it was off-camera, but yes, he was not doing that. And, and- initially i thought oh you know that's fine they they change things they reference things and forget about it but then like a scene later they specifically reference future echoes and say they do oh remember that time we had the future echoes
0: <laughs> yes yeah they do and, it's, <laughs> and yet they it's...
1: still contradict it
0: <laughs> yeah i wondered if maybe it, i guess it's going a bit later down the line how Rimmer tries to outwit cassandra maybe it's a this is this is probably more of a headcanon than a probable thing. But maybe it's showing that, you know, Cassandra claims she can, you know, see the future and predict things. But maybe it's also showing with some things she's just trying to maybe like, I don't know, maybe like bait them. Because there's that yeah. thing later in there where Lister's, I mean, we'll talk about it more in depth when we get there. But you know how Lister's sort of like, she's trying to get me to do this by telling me this. So I wonder if it's maybe one of those where she's just saying it, you know, yeah, she doesn't could really be. know. Um, But I think yours equally holds merit because, as you say, they change things all the time in this show, continuity-wise. And they have had
1: several time travel adventures now, so it's not out of the realms of possibility. And we've seen the future can be changed because
0: they have done it. Yeah, and they pretty much state as much in this. Well, Rimmer pretty much states as as much in this episode. Yeah. Um, Before we get into Rimmer's plan, I do want to say, oh, what is the... the, When Kat says, uh, we drank coffee thousands of times, the setup to that I thought was a really good gag. Yeah, I loved, I like that. Nice little quip from Kat there. But yeah, Rimmer point, points out Cassandra's game and he prepares a plan. That being that in that whole conversation, she never actually and no one else referred to him as Rimmer. So he then thinks, right, well, if I get someone in the room with me who I can make her believe is Rimmer, that person will die. So he begins that plan. What do you think to this plan? Do you think it's I liked sound it sounds like yeah, it yeah. was a,
1: it was a interesting theory and uh it does pan out the way yes. he hopes it does in a way. In um, a way. And because he, he gets the guard comes along and he managed he spills coffee on him to the then offers him his jacket, which has Rimmer mm. in on it. So when they go back in, Cassandra thinks that guy's Rimmer. Um because yeah. that guy's surname is not There was lots of jokes about like, my name is not, and it's like, it's not, not what? (laughs) Yes.
0: yeah, I thought that was a pretty good gag. Yeah.
1: So yeah, interesting plan. I mean, it doesn't quite, it works out, but then it doesn't work out because she says, yeah, Rimmer died, as in the fake Rimmer, but you're still going to die because I said everyone apart from Mr. Kachansky- Yeah, it sort of okay. undermines
0: him, him a bit there, really, doesn't it? Because y- y- you're right, she does say it when they first meet her. So even though he's got this plan of like, I'm not going to die in half an hour or whatever it was, surely he would have thought, oh, but she said the only survivors are going to be these guys. And Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. like, it's a massive well, oversight absolutely
1: on his part. Hear, uh, I can absolutely see Rimmer would just fixate on hearing that bit where it says he's going to die. And all the rest yeah. of the stuff before he probably wasn't paying attention because it was about everyone and not necessarily him specifically. When yes. she's talking about him specifically, he listens.
0: Oh, of course, <laughs> all about Rimmer. Nothing's changed. Um, and but after after that, they try and you know that it's this bit where they they're like huddling him and they're trying to is is that yeah. because... was it I I might have missed it like like you said earlier I might have been distracted but is is it they think if they only. If they hide him and it's only the four who are destined to survive, is it implied that he will then survive with them?
1: I think, well, I think because she sees the future.
0: Like actually sees it. I think
1: so. If he's hidden and they see, they just see, she just sees them them leaving. Yeah, yeah. If he's hidden in the middle, they think that will get him out. Yeah i mean, i thought that was the case but... but it just it was happening and i was like what What
0: are we what are we doing but then i was like it's probably that but yeah yeah it just lasts me for a second but um it's all for naught anyway is he is he fall does he is it the diving belly falls down or is that where they were going to
1: um
0: i can't remember i think that well they th- well they I, definitely no, course, die they're trying to fall get back off, down, down into that's the, it yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And then Kachansky tries to get him, but there's water rushing in. So uh, Rimmer is left with Kachansky and the others uh, are separated. And um, yes, um, they're a bit down on their luck, but Rimmer decides he will face Cassandra again. uh, But this time be very upfront and ask, how is he going to die? And it's in quite... (laughs) <laughs> humorous circumstances, isn't it? Do you want to tell the audience how he is destined to die in this scenario? L- yeah,
1: Lister is going to catch him making love to Kachansky mm. and shoot him with a harpoon gun.
0: In the head. In the head. And <laughs> <laughs> Rimmer's elated about
1: this. He goes, yeah, he take, yeah, I, I like the way he takes a moment and sort of processes it. And then he's like, fantastic. Yes, yeah. <laughs> But again, he's not looking in the finer
0: detail. He, he, she said court make like want making love, but she never stated that they'd be doing it as such. Um, but uh, as you said, Rimmer's probably just hears that and thinks, "Oh yes, like that's the that's the epitome, isn't it?"
1: Well, I um, don't know. I mean, it, she was. I'd say she was pretty explicit, um, um, but she was
0: just lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baiting him a little bit because I cause, mean, making
1: making love isn't just like. Oh, uh, if you walk in on someone making love, that's not walking in on them next to each other in bed.
0: <laughs> no. Even if they are right. both yeah. naked. <laughs> quite fair. Quite <laughs> fair. Um, so Rimmer decides to tell Kaczynski this. And fair to say she is pretty disgusted at the idea of this. Uh, Rimmer's delighted, of course. And uh, we get this gag where she says, there's no way I'm taking my clothes off. To which then she's sprayed all over with water.
1: Yes, the, which is an accident. It's not like it it's is not an like accident. Rimmer deliberately does it, but he does turn on tap to get himself some water and it bursts accidentally bursts a pipe right next to her yes. and soaks her with water. So she has to get her clothes off.
0: Yeah. And but the way Chris Barrett, it's so sleazy, you know, after she gets soaked and he's like, maybe you should take your clothes off. Like, it's just so <laughs> it's so sleek, but it fits the scene. Like, and it's yeah. exactly what Rimmer would do. It just it was really, really funny.
1: Um and, and that's a, it. But raises like a, a you know, like if you were in this situation, if you've been told that you you know, and somebody that had proven that they can tell the future, absolutely, and everything you've done to try and change it has failed, and it's always gone exactly the way she says, and she says mm. this thing is going to happen. Like, yeah. do you just how much do you fight it? Do you just get, give into it and go, oh, fine, it's going to happen?
0: Yeah. Well, it seems like maybe it might go that way because we see a, a in a towel in in a bed. And Rimmer's doing his, uh, uh, I don't know what a, a love dance or something. He's doing some sort of weird boogie. <laughs> um, as maybe, maybe it's just
1: excited. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's like it's finally happening. This, yeah, is, this is his time. He's um, um, uh, interestingly, I don't. And again, I go to the IMDb trivia section, but this can be edited by anyone, and there's no attribution sure. for where this fact comes from. But the trivia section does say Chloe Annette was actually naked beneath the blanket. Which oh. I that surely can't be true. Like why? Like especially because it's not like I mean I get that she might have not had a top on or even necessarily yeah. a bra, but that's not completely. I I can't imagine she would have been completely naked under there. There would have been no need. Yeah,
0: to. yeah, no. There's no need, and also um, probably be cold. Yes. Like so. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. But yeah. So but yeah. Take that with a pinch. As Phil said, IMDb can be edited by anyone, so. Um, unless you hear that maybe from chloe annette herself you know take that with a take that with a pinch of salt um but meanwhile with the others lister's decided he's going to go back he's going to go back for kachansky because he reasons that the only way she's going to survive as cassandra predicted is if someone goes back and he takes a harpoon gun with him he takes a harpoon gun with him so it's all it's all building as cassandra said it would Uh, uh rimmer's about to go in for the kiss and then Lister bursts in. So, and Rimmer's very disappointed, isn't he? He's He says, he's I early. can't get any breaks. Yeah, yeah. he's early. And there's, there's this great line. What does he say? It's like, give it five more minutes and you could have been on top and I would have used you as a human shield.
1: <laughs> yes, that is so typically Rimmer. That yeah, it's horrific,
0: but it's so, yeah, exactly. It's so Rimmer. And it just, it works so well. So I did I did quite like that gag. And, and, and re- he's not even bothered that Lister's here to supposedly kill him. He's just more bothered about the fact he, he didn't get to have sex with Kachansky, basically. He's moaning about it already. Um, but Lister can put him at ease, can't he? Because he's like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to, I'm not here to kill you. Because he's, he's sussed out that that's what Cassandra wanted him to do. She was baiting him, essentially. Yeah. And um, he has a plan to, to get her back and, there's that little, that little, you know. He's like, "Oh, I'll leave you two lovebirds to it." Yeah. Which made me. Made but me why? Laugh a why bit.
1: is he? Uh, why does he think Cassandra is baiting him? Go on. Because she knows that he is destined to kill her. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And she doesn't want that, of course. So he's quite, quite in- initi- That's not the phrase. It's quite innovative on Listers' part, you know. To. I guess suss that out, really. Because no, let's face well, it. Normally he, in these sort of he like, said, he pr- did
1: say he he did say Crichton sussed it out. Oh
0: well, <laughs> that was my point
1: there. Okay, Crichton sussed it out. There you go.
0: Because I was going to say normally in these like you know, uh, futury echoey sort of situations, it, let's face it, it, is often Crichton who's yeah. like, oh, this is how we solved the the episode today. Um. So yeah, I must have missed that, but yeah, because that, I think that he makes says, perfect Crichton sense. Crichton
1: solved it. Crichton worked it out, and rumor goes something on the lines of, "Couldn't he have just worked it out?" Ten minutes later oh, or something yes, like that. Yeah. Or, or two minutes slower. later. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah. was a good line when he goes. Would it have killed him to take thirty minutes longer? <laughs> Ten minutes even.
0: <laughs> two would have done. Good gag. Good gag. Oh, here's me about to give props to Lister, and it, it's quite an all a lot. Once again, swooping in. Um but no it, but yes, he goes to face Cassandra and does exactly as you said. He decide he's well, no, well, she thinks he's going to kill him, but then he does the opposite. He decides not to prove a point. And we get this sort of chat about, you know, he comes in saying, if it's all true, like horoscopes and predicted actions and stuff like that, then none of us are really in control of, of what we're doing. What did you think of this, like, little little speech about, you know, destiny and making our own choices and things like that?
1: Yeah, it was a nice speech. I think it was mostly there to set up the end gag. <laughs>
0: Y- yes, which we'll get to in a second, but <laughs> But no, it yeah. was nice
1: enough by itself as well. It was fine.
0: Yeah. I think it was short enough as well. It wasn't as like weird and out we've referred to You know Back in Justice. Yeah. The little paragraph we got about that that just seemed to happen. Like when he's I must admit, when he started, in my head I thought, Oh no, please don't let this be another Like justice situation, but they wasn't. I thought, yeah, it was quite nice. Quite, very much, very much in tune with, I think, Lister as a character and what he sort of stands for and believes in as well. So that was quite nice. So he leaves. He's not going to kill her. He's making the choice not to kill her, not giving in to what she saw, her predictions, and puts his chewing gum on the wall, which then falls off the wall and onto, is it on? It's onto a light.
1: Yeah, which which then, then swings down and turns on a fan. Yep. which then blows the bubblegum again, I think.
0: I think so, it, it, into some water against a glass.
1: Yeah, which knocks the water onto an electrical panel and blows up Cassandra.
0: It does. And I love, you know, right before it explodes, they, there's a shot of Cassandra. And yeah. And she just looks so done. She's like, I can't believe this. I, I wrote that <laughs>
1: and I wrote the look on her face and then I put, I told you so. It's basically yeah, like, much, see, yeah. I told you. Look. Yeah.
0: And and how Lister just quietly slinks away. He's like, Okay then we're just gonna we're just gonna leave. And and, and that's it. But you know, as end gags go, I thought that was a pretty impressive one. To, yeah. know, they went they went for it. They went for like the explosions and all that. So yeah, I thought it was a thought it was a cool end gag. And I've got a feeling maybe this isn't the last time we'll see them doing like a canary task, as it were. Mm-hmm. I've got a feeling this is maybe how they get to new places beside the tank. You know, they'll be sent on missions and stuff. Of course, I'm a first-time viewer. I don't know that for a fact. Phil, you might remember if you remember the latter half of the season. But I wouldn't
1: want to spoil anything for you.
0: Oh, very good. I, what's that? I couldn't possibly comment. Yes. <laughs> but that, folks, is Cassandra. That's another one in the can. And um... But let's do our regular segments now. So who was your favourite character, Phil, in this episode?
1: Um, I think it's got to be Rimmer think nice um but yeah it's, it's gonna be Rimmer, and it's linked to my favorite scene so i'll, I'll go into that when we get to that bit cool, what about yours cool.
0: well uh, i i was tempted to give it to Rimmer, but i'm gonna give it to kill crazy oh good see I sha- that
1: was the other one i was tempted by as yeah. a spotlight character or actually cassandra i was very tempted by cassandra as well yes I she was yeah. quite good
0: Kill Crazy just made such an impact for me in such a short amount of time and I <laughs> loved his presence, I loved the energy, I wish there was more of him. Hopefully there's more of him as the season, again, who knows, who knows. But yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Kill Crazy for me. How going mental,
1: up, not killing nothing, yes! What about your funniest moment? So it's got to be Rimmer's reaction to finding out that he's destined to have sex with Kachansky. Is <laughs> that yes! whole scene, that yeah, the yes, the fantastic, everything leading up to that, the scene itself, even as well. I don't know if roll them together, those two scenes, but uh just that whole situation was very funny. Yes. Great moment.
0: My mine is also a rimmer moment. Uh might call me a bit crass, it's just a one-liner, but it's a it's the human shield joke. I don't yeah. I, I think. <laughs> Just the image of Rimmer doing that is so it just makes me laugh, basically. So, um and you gotta go with your gut on what makes you laugh. So that that is my funniest moment. But I'd second that as well, what you were saying. Just that that scene of him finding out that's his destiny was was great. I mean, Chris Barry's great as always. And finally, your score out of ten scutters, what would you give this here episode?
1: I'm gonna give this. You know what, I really enjoyed this episode. It kind of felt like it felt very much like a sort of series six episode in a way in in the sense that you know if you remove the elements at the beginning about the being in the tank and stuff but mm. then going to a derelict finding themselves in this kind of situation felt very yeah. sort of series six yeah. um and i really enjoyed it it was well paced and it kind of there wasn't any bits which felt that they were weren't going anywhere i thought the concept yeah. was good so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 I think.
0: Oh, very nice. Very nice. I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. Um I said that the mo any any bit with Rimmer where he's like the main focus, I thought was great. Some of the other gags, I know I mentioned the roversectomy one at the beginning. Just for me, they didn't necessarily work as well. Um I, I I know it's hard when you're trying to balance like a main cast of, uh, well, there's five. Is five, Yeah, there's five of them now at this point with Kachansky. So obviously the focus was mainly on Rimmer this time. There wasn't much Crichton or. I mean, there's we joke, there's never much of Cat really, is there? No. Um, but yeah, that was a bit gut. It seems like they haven't struck they're, they're going more with like character focus ones. Because I know we said that during the three parts of Back in the Red, didn't we? That maybe this. Like in one part Kachansky wouldn't appear as much, and in one part Kry uh, you know, something like that. I I think I've preferred I've seen enough Red Dwarf now to prefer the dynamic where they all have sort of an equalish focus in mm-hmm. an episode. Um but yeah, that was just my gut feeling. So seven out of ten for me in this one. Very nice. So, yeah, that then, folks, is Cassandra. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you join us next week, we'll be taking a look at Cryte TV, which <laughs>
1: Phil
0: has sort of, um, well, Phil and various guests, actually, have sort of, anytime time it's brought up, everyone's like, ooh, Cryte TV. It seems to be one of those that people uh, like to talk about for one reason or another. Yeah, I
1: I haven't seen it in years, and I'm very interested to see what I think about it now.
0: Cause, yes. Um, yeah. Yes, Ooh. I am as well. But um, you'll have to join us then to see what all the hubbub's about for that one. But before we go, uh, Phil, where can these people find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on my YouTube channel if you're not already there watching uh, the video version of this. And by video, I mean a squiggly line going up and down. <laughs> um, then you could that's just my name, Philip Hawkins. Go find me there. I do Doctor Who videos. This podcast goes up there. Any basically uh, MCU stuff, Star Trek stuff, any... Pop culture-related content and things I like go up there, and you can find me on Twitter at culture filter, nice. but filter is p h i l t e r because my name's Phil.
0: Very good, very very good. What about yourself? For me, you can find me on uh, YouTube at Adam Martin. That's Martin with a Y. And you can also find me on Twitter at Adam Martin AMTV for all my daily ramblings and such like. And also, if you want to keep up to date with this podcast, we have a Twitter as well. It's at AllDeadDavePod, where you can keep up to date with uh, upcoming episodes of the show, any guest appearances we might be having, any sort of opinion based things we'll want your guys' opinion on, all that good stuff, really. And we also have merchandise. We also have merchandise with are lovely animated characters designed by Sophie Isles, which uh, you can get on T-shirts, you can get them on mugs, you can get them on all sorts, really, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, and the link will be in the description of uh, the video on Phil's channel, for sure. And we'll also tweet it out on the pod account as well, so you can see that there. Well, that's it for another week. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, Leave a like if you're on YouTube. If you did, let us know what you thought in the comments. We'd love to hear your feedback. So until uh, next week, see you next time. Bye-bye.